This week, we head to the Philippines, spending two days with boxer Manny Pacquiao in his hometown of General Santos. Why do you still like boxing and still want to keep boxing? I'm happy bringing honor to my country. The fighter with 11 world titles in eight different weight divisions remembers the extreme poverty of his childhood. Sometimes we don't have food to eat. Just drink water. Just drink water. Just drink water. And how it still affects him. Even if I'm the, the richest person in the world, my heart is still the same. That I can feel the, the feeling of of the poor people. From his boxing accomplishments, to political office, to his unparalleled popularity in his native country, life today is much different for Pacquiao. How much interest do you have in one day being president of the Philippines? If it is God's will, you know, who can say no? All that's coming up right here on the In-Depth with Graham Bensinger podcast. I, I guess the first question I'd have for you, Manny. Um, obviously, you've been incredibly successful during your boxing career. What sacrifices do you think you've had to make in order to achieve your success? I think, first of all, um, I achieved this, uh, what I have right now, because of God. I of my belief in God and relationship with God, and of course, my sacrifices. So that's how I became, you know, I become successful. You and I were talking about this uh, yesterday. Um, Freddie has gotten mad at you before during actual, uh, you know, matches because you'll unnecessarily take punches from the uh, opponent you're facing because you want to feel the opponent's power. I explain that. Sometimes, um, sometimes uh, boxing is not only for uh, battle of physical, but also it's a it's a it's a battle of uh, mind. Um, I have to do that to uh, intimidate my opponent that I can handle his punches. I can, I can carry his uh, uh, his power, his punches. So it's uh, it's mind, you know. How much can you tell when you're intimidating somebody? Well, if uh, they throwing a, a, a combination, combination punches and then um, I don't get hurt, so uh, they will, uh, you know, I mean, uh, my opponent they will run all day, all day long. So uh, that's how that's what happened. If you see the fight with, uh, that's what happened with uh, Miguel Cotto. In the middle of the round, like six rounds, fifth round, then he start running because um, I am I am showing him that you know I let him punch to my body and then I didn't get hurt. So now he's um, he's thinking that I can handle his punches. And but Kota is pretty strong boxer. He's heavy-handed. So but you could tell he was surprised that or intimidated. Yeah, it's, that. I yeah. mean that's a. Like what I said, um, boxing is not only ba a battle of uh, physical, but only uh, mental, and, also mental. And with that fight specifically, uh, the Miguel Cotto, the dislocation and snapback of his face, uh, your punches were literally shifting his whole face off its foundation. What do you recall from that? That fight, um, I train hard, I work hard for that fight. 
we did a, we did a lot, a lot of things in training so that's that's why uh, in the fight is uh, it become easy are, are you surprised though when that's happening with the face no, I'm not surprised because I did a lot of I, I did a lot of hard work in 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 training a lot of um, strategy I think um, I keep keep on pushing myself even Frederic's uh, trying to stop me but I always uh, you know we always in negotiation every every day training how do you obviously speed is very important in boxing uh, and what so many are impressed by with you is your ability to you know increase in weight and still maintain the same you know level of speed that you've always have how are you able to do that um, in myself, I always um, look my speed. Um, I always think about my speed, uh, speed and improve it every every training, every uh, every fight, and that's my my focus. Every training, the speed. Even though I'm moving up the higher weight, but uh, I don't want to lose that uh, speed that I have when I was uh, when I was started. And I guess the challenge that uh, those close to you have said that they have with you isn't that you need to get in shape because you're, you know, they always know you'll be in shape, but it's preventing you from overtraining. Um, explain that. Yeah, exactly. I, I'm the one who, uh, you know, who control myself if I'm overtrained or not. I just uh, if um, <clears throat> I did a lot today, and training, then tomorrow maybe um, not too much, just like that, balance, so. But will you sometimes push yourself a, a little harder than maybe your trainers would like? Sometimes when, when I was uh, young, when I was um, 23, 24, and I, I, love, uh, I love to train hard, I love to, to push myself. But, you know, we have to, we have to realize that uh, uh, when when I become like this, uh, like this age, you know, 35 years old, so <clears throat> I have to balance balance of uh, the capacity of your body, of your, I mean, of your of your body and also of your mind. Sometimes uh, your mind is you can do this, that, do that, but sometimes your body will react it. So just balance. So I want to run through some notable moments from your career, uh, the first of which being the 2001 IBF bantamweight fight. The impact... Oh, that's um, super bantamweight. Yeah. Super bantamweight. Yeah. Uh, the impact that had on your career, how, how huge of an opportunity was that for you? I remember that, um, that fight with uh, Lino Honolulidwaba, my first fight in America. I went to America just for vacation because I just finished my fight here in the Philippines. And then, and then when we get to LA, that's how I found, um, I find gym, uh, wildcard gym. Somebody uh, introduced that gym to us. Freddie Roach's gym? Yeah, Freddie, uh, Freddie Roach's gym. So we went there just, just uh, to observe uh what's look like the gym in, in boxing gym in, in America. So 
There's a big fight between uh, De La Hoya and Castillejo mm -hmm. at the uh, NGM, and the supporting main event is uh, Lino Holonolidwa, but his opponent is he's a, he's a Mexican guy. But what happened is um, I was number three on that uh, on that uh, time, number three in IBF, and and his opponent he got injured in training. He got cut, big cut in his eye, so he cannot fight. Supposedly, uh, championship fight IBF. So they contacted uh, that number two, the number two from Thailand, but the number two, they they're not ready mm -hmm. because it's a two weeks notice. Right. Two weeks notice. And a huge fight. And I am number three. But you were willing to take it on only two. When weeks they notice. they gave me notice, of course I just finished my I'm in shape because so I, saw, I just okay. finished my my fight here in, in the Philippines. But they think, uh, Freddy, they, he, he think that I'm, I, I just only trained two weeks. But they never know that I, I, I just finished my fight here in the Philippines. No, he didn't know that at the time. Yeah, yes, okay. yes. Your uh, 2003 fight in, in San Antonio at the Alamo Dome versus Marco um, Barrera. Marco Antonio Barrera, yes. Right. Uh, you walking out to the ring are booed by virtually the whole crowd. Somebody even spits on you, yet you have a smile the entire time. Why? Smiling because I'm excited. I mean, uh, you know, this is the time. What I'm waiting for in my boxing career, this is the time that, uh, uh, the moment that I have to, to show my ability in boxing. I think less than 10 Filipinos are cheering for me there. They're all Mexican. but. When I hear the voice of a Mexican cheering for Barrera, I'm I feel more 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 excited to show that I can yes, that's your boxer, but I can. Because you're kind of the underdog there. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah. Big underdog. Big right? underdog. Yes. Your two 2008 fight versus Oscar De La Hoya, how much did that positively impact your career? It changed a lot in my in my life in my career when when after that fight. Uh, it changed a lot, and before that fight, <laughs> I remember that a few a few people uh, believe that I'm gonna win the fight. A few people did. Yes. Okay. <laughs> of course, if I'm a boxing fan, uh, <clears throat> I will say. Oh, it's hard for Manny to, to, to win that fight. How quickly did you know in that fight that you were going to win? From the beginning. From the beginning. When, when I accepted that fight, um, I said, I have a big chance to win that fight. Uh, your first fight versus Timothy Bradley, June 2012. You lost, obviously, in a controversial split decision. Every media outlet had you scored as winning the fight, and some have even said that's the worst decision in the history of boxing. What do you think happened there? What happened there is, um, I don't really understand why I lost the fight. Why I, why I lost on that fight. Um, but I accept wholeheartedly, I respect, I, I respect the decision of the, the judges, the officials. But, you know, many people are <clears throat> are advising me to to appeal or make uh, 
no, to appeal to make the decision, uh, to, to change the decision. But I told them it's part of boxing. You cannot do that. I never heard that in boxing, uh, you can change the decision because I know the, the rules and regulation in boxing. The decision of the judges and referee is final. What would you say is the most satisfying victory from your career to date? Satisfying, it's, um, I think it's unfair if I, if I pick one of, uh, one of, of those big fights. I think I can say all those big fights. All the big fights? Yes, all the big, the big fights. I want to take you back to when you were growing up. Uh, you lived in really tin shanty uh, poverty when you were younger. How would you describe what you lived in when you were growing up? We don't have our own house, we don't have land, uh, we don't have even food, we just, you know, uh, we have to work every day to, to make money to buy food for the family. So even we're, we're too young to, to work, but we have to work. Like selling donuts, selling pandesal, selling uh, flowers, just to earn money to buy food. How old were you when you got your first pair of shoes? I was um, 12, 12 years old, yeah. 12. How often were you able to even, like, take a shower? Um, sometimes tw uh, thrice a week, uh, twice a week. Hungry, though, all the time? Hungry, sometimes. We don't have food to eat one day and we just drink water. Just drink water? Just drink water. When the, the food's not around, I mean, are you constantly thinking about food and thinking about how hungry you are? Yes, of course. Um, if we, we have money to buy food, it's, uh, uh, I think it's not enough just um, for us. Just, we just cook the, the food and then uh, you know, divide to all of us. How do you think that impacted you growing up, not having your dad around? Um, actually, I'm not blaming my dad. Uh, it's, uh, it's good for us that our dad is not around because uh, we're not relying on our dad. We will learn how to work hard because we're, we're all boys. So uh, we learn how to work hard and we, to, uh, to make money in, in, in um, you know, in a nice way. And that's how we, how we, we get strong. Did you really sleep? in a cardboard box and on pavement at times outside when you were growing yes, up? Yes, outside the, the street I sleep in um, with uh, <clears throat> the carton, you know, the carton, the box, and we sleep there. What do you remember from that? Oh, I remember because uh, I understand we don't have, we don't have house, we don't have money to, to, to buy food. But it's, it's good, it, it's very good experience that I, I'm, I'm so thankful to God that I, I, I had experience, I haven't experienced that life, you know, before I get this life. Why? Before I become like this, uh, my life right now, uh, uh, I've been, you know, I experienced that life that uh, to have nothing. And even even I have uh, millions of dollars or millions of pesos, 
in my hands or in my in in my pocket i still understand i still feel the the hearts of the poor people even if i am the richest man in the world my heart never changes that i i always feel the the hearts of the poor people that they're feeling what what it needs they're feeling what to be what the feelings of being hungry that's how i aside from boxing i i entered the politics because i want to serve honestly to help the people and i want to to be an example to be a good example to the to the politician here in the philippines uh how to uh to be honest um, to serve honestly to the people when you were younger explain why you went, ran away from home and where you went um when i was younger i i have to run away from from uh run away from my home because i have to earn money i have to help my i have i have to help my family my mother my my brothers <clears throat> i have to send them to school i decided to go uh to manila to uh to help my my mother and my brothers how did you get there there's a recruiter and i joined them but i don't know where where we're going so i don't have idea but uh, this is yeah i have to <laughs> to go there to uh, continue my boxing career and to help my 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 family but, but correct me if i'm wrong you didn't tell your mother you i didn't tell going. my mother because i if i if i let her know she don't want me to go and you didn't call her for a long time or no because on that and in that time we don't the cell phone is not uh, it's not right. established yet so how long before she found out where you were months months yeah i, I think uh, two months what did she think happened when you finally connected with her he, she just uh, heard about uh, about me that i i'm in manila and when she get my letter and i explain it to her that uh, i have to go i have to live i have to be here in manila just to to help you to help you my and to uh to send my my brother in school so you turn pro i believe in 1995 you're 16 years old 4 foot 11 inches 98 pounds as you mentioned you had to put weights in your pockets to meet the weight minimum of uh, 105 pounds but is it true that when you were younger you really didn't like boxing initially when i was young i uh, when i was uh, young i loved to uh, study the problem is my parents don't have money to send me in the school mm. so when i was uh, graduated in elementary i focused my boxing career money uh how many people do you employ for your boxing career a lot a lot although i i will i can need uh, only a few people but I want to help them so be around with me and then help whatever you can help and then the work and then so that you can earn money. How many jobs do you think are necessary and how many do you think are more because you want to help the people out? 
for me, I want to give them job, but uh, what I'm gonna do, I'm a boxer, so they have to go with me and, and help whatever works that I, that they have to, to work. I was reading one article that was from back when you were training in LA at uh, Freddie Roach's wildcard gym that wrote about how you were paying a guy like $200 three times a week to wash your car. How concerned at all are you that you spend too much money trying to help people out? The material things I don't put in my heart. Material things is okay, you, I have to take care of the, the things in this world, but in my heart, the important is God for me. And if I see people poor and need help, need money for food, how can I, how can I turn back with them, from them? I know even if I'm the, the richest person in the world, my heart is still the same, that I can feel the, the feeling of, of the poor people, being hungry, being, you know, nothing. You've caught people before on your team stealing from you and then forgiven them and still allowed them to be part of your team. Why allow that? I allow that because I want to teach them. I want to teach them um, who am I to judge them, who am I to, you know, persecute them. I just teach them how to, you know, uh, I, that's not good. If you want to, to be blessed by God, you have to, to do it in the right way. Not like that. We cannot condemn other people. How often do people ask you for money? It's hard to answer a lot, but uh, you know. Constantly? Daily. I, you know, in talking to people close to you, they've all said that your potential downfall could be your kindness and generosity because you'll continue doing it even if it leads you to the point of being broke. No, I, I, I don't believe I don't believe that because because I'm doing in the right way. I'm doing in the right way that God wants us to do. I mean, uh, God, He owns everything. When I, when I start, when I when I start from nothing, and He give me something. So it depends on you how you take care of the the. We are just a steward. We, 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 just, we, we are just steward of all things that it's here in, in, in this world. But God owns that everything. But what happens when you know, you're no longer boxing and don't have the you know, big money purses? Well, I believe that um, my businesses, I have businesses and the Lord will bless my businesses. I believe that nothing is possible with God. The God that I serve is the creator of heaven and earth, creator of everything. How can we without that? Freddie Roach, uh, when you first came to America, trainers, for the most part, were pretty uninterested in working with you. How did you and Freddie end up working together? Me and Freddie, we work, um, we're not working about we're not working like a boxer and trainer. We're just working like a, 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 
a family, like a friend or brother, we we suggest it, uh, each other about uh, the strategy and techniques. So we understand each other. I mean, we have a coordination. Uh, when you first met Freddie, he told me that you wanted to show him two fights you got knocked out in. Why? Of course, um, I just just want to let him know that uh, I already experienced that <laughs> that situation. When I lost, it's nothing. It's, I can accept that it's part of boxing. What do you think you've learned from him? I learned a lot. Um, I think I, I, I no need to say um, one by one the reason, but uh, every every situation that pass in uh, happen in our lives um, there's a lesson that we can we, we will learn it, it is not an accident it's just uh, it's um, God, God's purpose retirement why do you still like boxing and still want to keep boxing I still like boxing I stay I, I, I want to um, continue my my career because boxing is my, my is my passion and it's part of my life. If I, one if one day I'm going to retire, then retire no more, come back. So that's how I want to. Uh, you know, I'm happy bringing honor to my country. How much longer do you think you keep boxing? Uh, we uh, we cannot tell. You know, only God knows. But uh, I believe I can still fight a, uh, a few more years. How concerned are you about the potential long-term side effects? that boxing will have on you later in life? I'm thinking that, but uh, I believe that God is good. And if God is with you, you have nothing to worry. How much interest do you have in one day being president of the Philippines? I know people have talked about it a lot <laughs> yeah, before, obviously. Um, I don't have that in my mind. Right now, I'm happy being a, a, a public servant, but thinking about the higher position is I don't have that yet in my mind right now. If if it is God's will, you know, who can who can who can uh, I mean say no, you know. You have to at least have given it a little thought, given how much people have brought it up over the years. So I'm happy helping people, and if your intention is is good and honestly serving people, then God will help you into a big purpose. Well, based on Filipino law, you have to be at least 40 years old to run for president, which would mean the 2022 elections, the first time you could run. <laughs> what are your goals in politics? My goals in politics is um, to help more people. That's the most important thing, to provide uh, shelter, to provide them shelter, to provide them um, sustainable livelihood, meaning to say sustainable livelihood sustainable livelihood that they can earn money every day for their needs. How do you do that? I believe I, I can do that uh, by, like what I said, God is good, God is great. He's a loving Father. It's uh, merciful and He will hear our prayer. There was a period when your personal life was kind of in shambles, the drinking, the gambling, the womanizing. Why did things get so bad, in your opinion? That's not, uh, that's not uh, God's want for us. 
He want us. He want us to be uh, holy. Because the Lord our God is holy, so we should know. Uh, we should know the commandments. Uh, or should, we should know um, about salvation. Uh, how did gambling become such a problem? Gam gambling. I already forget that long time ago. Oh come on. Yeah, that, I mean, I stopped gambling many years ago, so... Bob Arum, your promoter, said um, that you had one of the worst, you had, being the key word, uh, one of the worst gambling habits of any athlete he's ever known. What do you think of that? Before, when I, before when I still, you know, not in following God. Right, prior to that. So... Um, not only gambling, it's always um, drinking, like that. What would you do? I mean, Drinking, womanizing, life. gambling, and that's my life. But uh, I'm, I'm so thankful to God that He changed my heart, He changed my life uh, to be obedient to Him and to get to make strong in my faith to God. How much did you used to drink before um, you changed your ways? <laughs> if I drink? Yeah. <laughs> more than 24 hours. <laughs> really? What, what did you like about it? Before when I was <laughs> drinking, I already forget that. You already past, forget. The past life. The old Mani Pacquiao was gone and the new has come. Whether it be, you know, the, the gambling, the drinking, the womanizing, what changes did you make in your life that you know, allowed you to get past that? I changed, um, <clears throat> I read the Bible. I always read the Bible and knows what I'm gonna do to, to have eternal life. And when I read the Bible, there's only, there's only way, no other way through Jesus. Only Jesus is the only way for salvation. How hard is it to avoid going back to the old ways? No, it's not. It's not, um, it's not hard, I'm happy now in my life. The other stuff's fun though, which is why you were doing it in the first place though, right? I mean, it has to be a little difficult. When, when I was there on that, on that worldly life, it's fun. I, I'm, I was thinking it's fun, but when I changed my life like this, more fun and more happy with the Lord. You, you cannot uh, imagine, you cannot feel that, but uh, when you get there in that situation that you change your life, you will know that you can say that, oh, I'm, I'm more happier now than before. What do you recall from being knocked out by Juan Manuel Marquez in December 2012? You know, I have a good uh, story for that. Okay. Um, why I, bec I, I, I can't... I am so relaxed after that fight. I'm just smiling after, you know. You that, were? Yeah, smiling when I get up. <laughs> I don't know what happened. But um, I realized that, you know, but before that fight, I have a dream that I, I cannot uh, interpret it. Or I told uh, some, some people, but they cannot interpret it. But when that fight happened, after that fight, I realized that, that the, that's the, the, the interpretation of my dream, one week before the fight. What was the dream? 
Well, uh, that I'm gonna be be flattened, and then in the, but I can I will stand with nothing will happen and then run again. Continue the journey. That's why, after that fight, I announced when they the media interviewed me, uh, I announced that we will rise again, because I I saw that in in my dream. One article read, and I quote, it began to register on those watching ringside that they may have witnessed what amounted to a public execution in the ring. Pacquiao remained motionless, possibly lifeless, until his cornerman rushed to the ring in tears, followed by a doctor. Have you watched video of that knockout? Yeah. And I know, you know, Freddie Roach initially was concerned you might, you know, have been killed. Were others sitting ringside that you've talked to thinking the same thing? Uh, when I saw that fight, of course, uh, they they get nervous because I just I, I was uh, I was uh, flattened in the canvas, mm -hmm. and then I cannot move. And but in after that, maybe uh, three 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 to five seconds, um, I, I I have a. I know what happened. It was uh, recommended after that fight uh, that you take a year off. What did you think of that advice? I mean, I accept that advice because, of course, uh, it's, it was a, a bad loss, and I have to recover. So, was it hard for you to stay away for that long? No, it's good for me because I've been in boxing 20 years, not no stop. What so did, it's good for me to um, to rest uh, one year. What do you do? Just um, I have a lot of uh, you know I have a lot of uh, I mean uh, business to do and spend time with my family. Uh, we had people submit in-depth viewers submit questions for you, and we wanted to read uh, two viewer questions for you and get your responses. The first is from uh, Willie Barkley of Kingsport, Tennessee, who wants to know, what's the one thing that drives you? One thing that drives me is um, the inspiration that the Filipino is giving to me, the support of the, old, the, of the fans of boxing, especially the Filipino people, and with the support of my family in my relationship to God. The next one's from Oliver Justin Samuels of West Hollywood, California, who uh, wants to know, uh, Manny, of all your victories in the ring and in the socio-political world, what do you personally consider to be your greatest triumph? The greatest triumph, um, all that I have experienced in life and all my achievement right now I have, and I've been, uh, it's not difficult to be like this, so I think I'm so happy because uh, of all these things that I have right now. That's my time and discipline, focus. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for listening to my interview with Manny Pacquiao. To see more of my time with Manny in the Philippines, including us playing horse at his home basketball court, go to youtube.com slash Graham Bensinger. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Graham Bensinger. And you can visit GrahamBensinger.com for TV times in your area. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on iTunes or wherever else you listen. This has been the In-Depth with Graham Bensinger podcast.